Welcome to Red Rank Podcast, home of the smoothest voice on Twitch. I'm your host, The Crow Show. Just a friendly reminder, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, among others. And on Apple Podcasts, you can do me a big favor, leave a rating and a review. It helps me out a great deal. Let's get into the show. So today we're going to talk about whether Boone's Circle of Healing is was actually a mistake. And we're going to talk about toxic behavior in the DVD community and whether the community is maybe a little bit too soft. First, let's talk about Boone's Circle of Healing. Was it a mistake? Spoiler alert, yes. Boone's Circle of Healing was a mistake. In the past, I did kind of predict this perk in a way. Um, I had no idea what it would do to the game. But what's happening is Boone's Circle of Healing promotes wimpy behavior survivors are taking a hit then they're running to an infinite heal station and they're just self-caring really fast it drastically reduces snowball opportunities for killers which is a major component of dead by daylight sure the killer can go snuff out the totem but the thing is uh, as i mentioned in the previous episode survivors can go set these up in really inconvenient places for the killer yeah that's a big feature of the perk but when you're getting down to two gens left one gen left going and snuffing out a boon totem means leaving your generators unattended when you need to pressure them during that time here's what i propose i think boon circle of healing needs a rework of some kind i think uh one of three here's one of my here's one of three uh here's three uh suggestions i have this is just me a guy playing dbd and seeing what it does to the game so here here are my suggestions slow down its heal speed by at least half think about self-care if you even the mention of self-care and some of you are out there going "Ooh, dude no why isn't boon circle of healing kind of frowned upon when you're essentially (laughs) self-caring secondly if the killer snuffs it it's gone Killers can't bring Hex Ruin back. Why should survivors be able to bless totems and get infinite heals? It's pretty silly, and I think that we'll eventually see a change of some kind. Whether you can only bless a totem once, and then that's it, one and done. Or maybe they put a token or two on there, so the killer can go snuff it out. Once you're out of tokens, you can no longer bless totems. My third suggestion, only allow the blessing to stay up for a limited period of time, or maybe have a specific number of heals. I like this idea because, uh, again, these blessings stay up for quite some time. I've had games where I set it up in such an inconvenient location that it's not beneficial for the killer to go waste so much time to go find it and then snuff it out. It depends on which killer it is. If they're not very mobile, it's going to be quite a task for them to go find it and snuff it out. Giving it, giving Boon Circle of Healing a, a specific number of heals and then it's and then it's done. I like that idea too. I think we'll eventually see a change for it. And you know, if if uh, they do go with the path of only allowing it to stay up for a certain period of time or a certain number of heals, I think killers will need their hex totems to have some kind of change as well. Specifically, hex ruin. And I've thought for a very long time that hex ruin should only stay up for a certain period of time. There are games where it just stays up the entire. 10 15 minutes and it's just so oppressive without really requiring much effort from the killer it's just the rng factor and especially depending on the map you get so those are some suggestions i have to change circle of healing again i'm not a game designer i'm just some guy 
who has a podcast, posts TikToks, streams Dead by Daylight on Twitch, and that's what I'd like to see change for Boone's Circle of Healing. Now, when I'm playing Killer, it hurts my feelings when I hear a totem getting blessed. I just, it, it sends chills up and down my body, and I just cringe. I feel small. So I do hope to see a change to this perk, but in the meantime, I'm deliberately not using it when I play Survivor. Of course, if somebody else is using it, sure, I'll go, I'll go self-care, and nobody will frown at me for that. Our second topic and our, our final topic of the day is I want to talk about what counts as toxic behavior in this game Dead by Daylight. Far too often in my TikTok comments, I see people calling my calling my plays toxic. Now, this toxic behavior can include teabagging or, you know, doing my objective, running the killer or killing survivors. People seem to forget that killers and survivors have objectives they need to complete to win. Killers get way too sensitive when I drop a tactical crouch after vaulting through a window or dropping a pallet. This should not, and it does not affect the outcome of the game, but for some reason it tilts a high percentage of killers, and that's a big reason why I do it. I do it so that I can keep the aggro, I can keep the killer chasing me, I can make them mad, and maybe increase the likelihood that they'll face camp me once I'm on a hook. All of those outcomes let my teammates fix generators. And it's just funny and entertaining while I'm streaming. I, I get a kick out of it. I've had it happen to me. One of my best friends I made through Dead by Daylight actually teabagged me while I was chasing him. And I thought it was funny. I was like, oh, you little jerk, I'm going to get you. You know, it was it was a friendly thing. It's a friendly outcome. And the thing is, when I'm trash talking while I'm streaming, the killer or the survivor, they don't hear me. There isn't proximity chat, but people in my comments react as if proximity chat is a thing. This isn't prop night. <laughs> they can't hear me. So relax. Nobody's feelings are getting hurt. But maybe they are. Maybe your feelings are hurt. Why are your feelings hurt over things that I do while I'm streaming and trying to entertain people. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. What's toxic to you? Here's my take. If a survivor teabags me while I'm playing killer, I take that as a challenge and it motivates me to down them faster. If they outplay me, I'm just like, oh man, okay, we're dealing with a good player. Maybe I should go chase somebody else. Now, if a killer face camps me, which does happen quite a bit, I take it as a compliment because they know damn well they cannot possibly catch me again. They've got me on a hook and they're like, okay. I'm just going to stay right here and keep punching the crow show. Hey, that's a compliment to me. And again, my teammates get to work on gens. They get to complete the objective and probably get out. In those scenarios, it's usually a three-person escape. And I'm a team player. That's a win in my books. Overall, I think the DVD community needs to lighten up. Toxic behavior is actually a rare thing in this game. There are times when people can be toxic in this game. You know, let, let's say, for example, every, every killer has bad games. Whether you're a veteran of this game, whether you're just starting, if you're somewhere in between, everybody has bad games. And survivors need to remember that not all killers have the same mechanics. There's a, you know, even if you're quote unquote up against an eerie one killer, it doesn't mean that they got to eerie one using that killer you played against in that particular round. They could be doing it daily. They could be trying to learn a new killer. Me, I'm trying to learn nurse. I'm trying to learn blight. But I got to iridescent one primarily by playing 
killers that I, I'm strong with, like Huntress, uh, Bubba, etc. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you when you're at an open exit gate and the killer's got maybe one hook, maybe two hooks, maybe zero hooks, and you're clicking your flashlights and teabagging at an open gate, the killer just wants to move on in that in that spot. The killer just wants the, this embarrassment to end and to move on to the next round, even if they, you know, quote unquote, face camped somebody. Like, let's say they do get one hook when all gens are fixed, and that's their first hook. That's their only play. You know, their only play is to face camp that person on the hook. Because they know if they, if they run away, they chase somebody else who's at full health. They're not going to be able to down them fast enough to pit, be able to pick them up and go bring them on a hook. Because people are usually kind of chilling around an exit gate, which is either 99 or opened. Meanwhile, somebody else is going and grabbing that person off hook. Usually with borrowed time. 99% of the time with borrowed time. And that person getting off the hook, there's a good percentage chance that they have decisive strike so in that case the killer won't get any kills so i, I do see a lot of entitlement in this community especially when it comes to end game collapse if somebody's on a hook and uh, that's their first second maybe third hook i don't see it as toxic if they're face camping you see it in chat all the time oh here comes a face camp they don't really have any other play when it comes to toxic behavior for killers i do see this though I guess you, you do see it on both sides, but truly toxic behavior from a killer is just holding the game hostage, holding people hostage. And what I mean by that is you slug a survivor, which means you put them in the dying state and they just let them lie there on the ground and not even try to get the survivor on a hook. This happens, when this does happen, it's usually a doctor or a ghost face or a pig. Really, <laughs> those killers are, are usually pretty, uh, pretty toxic. And for some reason, they like to delay the game and just delay everybody else's fun and enjoyment of Dead by Daylight. I don't do that when I'm playing killer. If I down somebody, even if there's one other person left and they, you know, I don't slug for the 4K. I'll just grab that person, put them on a hook, and hope I find the other person. They get hatched, they get hatched. But there's a really weird thing with specific killers where they just enjoy slugging people and then uh, just walking around, waiting for them to bleed out, just extending games unnecessarily. I, I find that to be toxic. But teabagging, you know, flash, even flashlight clicking. I don't find flashlight clicking to be toxic at all. If you find that toxic, you maybe need your feelings readjusted because it, it, it's part of the game. And if you just go with it and just say, okay, I'm going to chase this person, make that your strength, you know, or just move on to another chase. But letting that get to you uh, allows them to give to take an advantage over you. If they're affecting your feelings like that, maybe this this game isn't for you. So that's about all I have for you today. It's a, it's a bit of a different episode. The PTB is out on Tuesday. I'll be streaming that on Tuesday night on Twitch. So you can find me on Twitch every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm also on TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Look up The Crow Show, and I'll leave a link in the show notes to my link tree. You click the link, and you'll get access to my Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and an 18-plus link as well. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but for now, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the fog. <laughs>